Hiya folks, this month we have a rather special fan submitted piece um, for part of our behind the scenes um, from somebody called Roberta Sof. Who? <laughs> There's also a blooper reel um, from our cast and crew. Uh, <laughs> now I must admit, um, when our voice lines for Maudlin, <laughs> I have to admit that I actually edit out all of my... Um, bloopers because they're largely uh, unbroadcastable <laughs> so that's why you'll never hear um, bloopers for the gardener <laughs> for example and finally Alexa and I interviewed each other again um, via the gizmo chat software live by pink teapot of course <laughs> Now, in case you're wondering what it is we're babbling on about at the beginning of our little section there, um, the Gizmo chat software has a feature whereby you can actually record your live conversations and it puts a little WAV file on your desktop. Now, when you set it into recording mode, um, it does this absolutely ridiculous voice uh, <laughs> to tell you that you're now recording. <laughs> I think Alexa does a fantastic impression in our little section there, so listen out for that. <laughs> My name is Soph Roberta Soph, and I am a regular listener to Maudlin on my wireless set. I was wondering if it would be possible to see, I mean here, more of the rather charming private investigator what appeared in episode four. I am um, I think it would be entirely in keeping if he frequented the Eagle and Child pub on a regular basis. I feel it would also be appropriate if he and Miss Roberts could start coursing. Hello. Because... I ordered chips sometime this year. Oh, Have the potatoes been planted yet? Huh? Sorry, beg your pardon. Um, yes, the private investigator. Hello. Or worse... Hello. Anyone serving in this pub? Colchester. Oh, forget it. Hello. Okay, I'm Hello. coming. I'm coming. It was jolly cowardly of you not to come at that day. Now, though my steps were slow, I'd gone so far as that's not me, it's Atherton. Of course, in the abstract flit... Says Bill me in the script. Hmm. There was a story of a hind with gold horns. That wasn't a good accent, was it? Mary Poppins. Pity. I had a rather clever remark to make. I've been recording for too long. Oh, how marvellous. Can I feel your arm? Can I feel your arm? Oh, wow. I feel lightheaded. Too much ooing. <laughs> there you get two versions. Not sure how to pronounce that. Do you hear that, by the way? Yes. This, this sort of Americanized female voice recording, recording conversation. conversation. <laughs> oh, it's awful. Do you know what? I have a I have a satellite navigation system that does exactly the same, and it's just infuriating. It reminds me of those um, the doors on the Heart of Gold on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. You know? Glad to be of service. No! <laughs> ah! <laughs> What's your head in? There's no size to cars with the 10 left in 20 meters. Oh, yeah. 
Well, my sat-nav, right, I actually originally had it set up, right, so that it would tell me if I drove more than five miles per hour over the limit. Uh. And that was until such a time as I was going down a road where the speed limit had changed since the maps were produced for the satellite navigation. And so I'm doing 70 in a 70 limit, and it thinks it's still 50. And so every <laughs> few seconds it's going, you are... <laughs> <laughs> exceeding the speed limit please slow down I'm like I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing anything wrong Hell. They, they just they just passed a law here that <laughs> you would be ticketed over three miles of the speed limit rather than right. five here wow it's new <laughs> wow <laughs> I'm not sure I'd be able to drive in, in the USA <laughs> then <laughs> uh, it's just in in Snowman County all right, okay. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Parsec Awards. Wow. By gum, we've done well this year. Um, <laughs> j- just before we start off, I'd, I'd kind of like to say thanks to everybody who, who kind of, uh, whoever it was that nominated us in the first place. Yeah, whoever you are. <laughs> Thank you very much, because, like, wow, we're finalists. <laughs> and hopefully we're going to go all the way. Um, probably by the time this uh, behind the scenes goes out, we'll actually know one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, we will. Wow. I, I, here, I think Dakota Rink's going to get it. Sorry? I think Dakota Rink is going to get it. Just so. Right. <laughs> when oh. you hear this, you'll be able to go, oh yes, she was so right. <laughs> <sighs> no, it'll be, it'll, be one of those, it'll be one of those situations where I just get angry and it'll be like, Oh no, she tempted fate! <laughs> she told as me long as the Star Trek loses. As long as the Star Trek loses, I will be happy. Well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> at least I was as an original piece. Yeah, I, I think I, an original piece really. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I feel like they should out. split it out. They should Sorry? split out the fan and the original series, I think. Yeah, in the past I mean, that's, that's It's not fair. Like yeah, it sounds like a good idea. I mean,. I mean, one one thing we've had, um, a sort of, a, I suppose, a minor amount of trouble with with modelling is that we're, we're writing and producing between the two of us uh, what is extensively an original piece, and it's always mm-hmm. hard at the top people into giving an original piece um, a listen over yeah. a piece that's kind of based on an established series like Star Trek or even audition Doctor Who. Yeah, that that's that's right as well. Yeah. Um, However, having said that, um, the cast we've had thus far on modelling, I think it's per- fairly safe to say that we've we've had more or less all the big names that I'm aware of <laughs> actually on this series. That's true. Yeah. And um, and and it's obviously it's partly down to our uh, fantastic cast that we got as far as we did with the Parsecs as well, or as far mm-hmm. as we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because without those bringing the characters to life, we, we, we're nowhere, really. <laughs> so thanks, everyone <laughs> out there as well. <laughs> Appreciate your efforts, your continuing efforts, um, on behalf of the show. Yeah, I'm still trying to find someone that will actually be there at the Parsec. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I talked to the women of org, and she usually knows people at DragonCon, so she might be able to find someone. Well, I'm I'm kind of hoping so. Anyway, um, you know, it'd be it'd be such a shame if we did win, <laughs> and then couldn't pick the and then nobody picked the award. No one was there. <laughs> yeah, that would be really that would be a crying shame. And of course, I'm in the UK, 
<laughs> so, um, unless somebody invents a Star Trek transporter pretty quick. <laughs> Although, Dragon Con's back east, is it? I don't remember where it is. I've absolutely no idea. As far as I'm aware, it's in the US somewhere. Uh, yeah, somewhere. A, that's a different continent. <laughs> 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 I was thinking we might be uh, literally about as even far away from it as possibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it was on the East Coast, it's kind of halfway between us. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's at least a few thousand miles away from where both of us actually currently yeah. reside. <laughs> so, yeah, just a little awkward for us to get there. Um, but yeah, anyhow. Why can't um, they have it at Comic Con? That's why that would be easier. Sorry. It'd be easier if it were at Comic Con because that's in, usually in, off in San Diego. That's right. Not far. Okay, it's still a hell of a long way from me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, <laughs> you know, like I said, I mean, unless somebody actually invents a TARDIS or. <laughs> <laughs> we have to borrow Max again. Well, this is it. I think. Yeah. We're Bill gonna... Holwick has it right now, so. Well, this is it, you know. That's uh, why we can't use it to get to the Parsec, because Bill Holwick has it. Ah, well, there you go, that's right, yeah. yeah Bill's got it's always it. Always fault. It's always some other bugger who's got it, isn't it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we never can, you know. I mean, it's it's like having a pool car. Actually, within a business, you know, a car that anyone can use and stuff like that. And the one day that you actually need to use it, some other sod's got it out, you know. You just never get it. Um, anyway, you, you want to say a few words on uh, Fiona's um, little piece? Yeah. First of all, a character will appear in this that does not appear to, what, two episodes from now? Oh, it's at least two episodes in. Yeah, yeah I think it's. I think it's uh, episode eleven is the first appearance. Right. So just to warn everyone, I believe a lot of people already know because it's gone through the grapevine. But David Alt is joining Modern. Dun dun dun. Guesting regularly, anyway, as Colchester, and he appears in this audio. Fiona did not tell either of us. She did it all herself. She, I believe, must have mixed it as well. And got David Alt to come in as Colchester. And he's very much in character. I, compl- I entirely agree with the writing on this that she did. <laughs> very much Colchester. <laughs> I, I quite agree. I mean, um, as far as I'm aware, yeah. Um, Fiona's actually written this and um, recorded it, produced it all herself. Um, I've not, I've certainly not had any involvement in it, and I thought it was just an absolutely fantastic piece. Um, I don't know whether you noticed, but when um, Fiona actually sent it to us, she actually sent it via a completely different email address to her usual one <laughs> as well. You know, just to kind of pull the wool over our eyes just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably see that it is. Sophie Roberts that sent in this and she very obviously disguised it by what was it what was her disguised name it was I forget but to be honest with you I heard it about two weeks ago (laughs) 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 Um, I think I replayed some of the David Holt about 30 times the bit about him 
What is it? Have the potatoes been planted yet? It's <laughs> <laughs> just too much. I mean, that's it. The, the whole writing on, on Fiona's piece itself was very much in the exactly the same vein as Maudlin. It was spot on. Yeah. And it was such a brilliant... It's almost a wind-up, and it was such a brilliant piece of work. <laughs> I mean, I must admit that when I did listen to it a couple of weeks ago, I absolutely cracked up. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when a when when the Sophie character comes through towards the end, <laughs> you know that was. Uh, we need a spin-off series for her. I think so as well because she's such a strong <laughs> character. I've I've always liked <laughs> I've always liked Sophie as I've mentioned in previous behind the scenes. Um, one of my favourite characters on Maudlin, and uh, very much looking forward to seeing how um, Colchester pans out as well with uh, David Alt. Um, yeah, and I also add another one in to play right. off uh, the Atherton. Colchester and Worsley really clash, and so there's definitely a... You kind of think of them together, at least I do, right. whereas the other character is a, f- a friend of Colchester, but also a friend of Atherton. So there's this strange dynamic that happens between them because... <laughs> it is. They're so liked by some, and yeah. <clears throat> It's almost like a, um, it's almost like this vicious triangle. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've had it where you've had friends where you like both of them, but they don't like each other. Yeah, I have and... indeed, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, uh, to be honest with you, having, having read these scripts as well, um, I mean, you know how I read scripts, I tend to glance them over when I first <laughs> received them, and then <clears throat> I tend to try and forget them. <laughs> deliberately <laughs> yeah. but that's one of the things that stuck in my mind was the new characters and uh, they're very much again in, in sort of in the modelling vein as well and I think they're just going to play off beautifully against the other characters um, I mean I was speaking to Mac not not long back actually and um, he was he was mentioning how much he's looking forward to hearing how Asseton plays off against Colchester and our other as yet unnamed character <laughs> As well. Uh, he's named now. His name, yeah. I saw yeah. in the script, but... Um, De Berg. Yeah, but you didn't name him earlier. No, <laughs> I, I hadn't. And I didn't want to fire any spoilers across the bow. <laughs> Did you see that nautical reference there? That was a tip of the hat to you, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Firing across the bow. <laughs> so, I couldn't resist. Anyhow. Um, our mythical characters then, this time round. Are you going to give us a little bit on the Harpies particularly? Because I'm pretty sure that most people um, will be fairly or fair with the, the sort of uh, legends around Hercules. Well, but what about the Harpies? What started, it's, they're actually together. I, what started this really is a, is it a year ago, I, I believe. Yeah, it'll be a year ago <clears> now. I went to Argonautica, which is a Zimmerman play. I don't know if you heard of it, but I'm a huge supporter of all the Zimmerman works. I think she is fantastic as a writer and stage producer. She directs all her own pieces and choreographs them, and the physicality is Mm -hmm. very much present in all her plays. And she only does classical themes. Right. Right. And Argonautica was... Guess what it was about? I, I have absolutely no clue. 
the Argonauts. <laughs> <laughs> Zeus and the Argonauts. And Yeah, well, you know I was being a swine there. <laughs> <laughs> well it's a fantastic play and of course part of that storyline is where you have the harpies and Phineas which was in this episode. And you also have Hercules. Right. Uh, now, as to which came first or was added, neither really. I just wanted to do something in the argument. it was the chicken. <laughs> or was it the egg? <laughs> uh, it was, I wanted to do something in the Argonauts universe. And, of course, it's a huge storyline. There's so many possibilities that it could be. Right. And I thought, well, I love harpies. I, I was also rereading. Well, actually, I was seeing. Yeah, I went to see Much Ado About Nothing as well around the same time. And okay. they sort of meld together. And there's a part in Much Ado About Nothing where Benedict calls Beatrice a harpy and goes on about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Perturbation, follow her, and all that. So. I thought, hmm, I really think it'd be fun to do something with harpies because they're often referenced, but they're not often seen, if that makes sense. People are always going, you harpy, but do you really see harpies that often? Not really. <laughs> um, I must admit, I don't think I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> really? I have one outside my window right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, you know, I mean, it's just not the sort of thing you kind of see, you know, on your average shopping no. trip, you know, it's a, <laughs> get the eggs out, you know, put them in the trolley and, you know, the bits of bacon, I suppose, for those non-vegetarians, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, and there's a harpy there that you kind of pick off the shelf next to the tins of beans. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, inside the sea, you don't often see harpies. So I thought, out of the Argonautica, it might be interesting to see the harpies, and... <clears throat> then I thought, well, I don't really want to bring the aenids and all that in with the winged and... It's enough to have one winged creature. You don't want to have all these winged creatures about. And, well, to be honest, it's up in the air. How could the characters on the ground interact with two sets of characters in the air? Very true, which is why... So, yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I need a character on the ground that can interact with the harpies that people will have heard of because right. there are lots of people on with Jason the Argonauts. I thought, well, I don't want to do Jason because that has its own baggage. And most of the other people on board, well, they're not very well known and people have no idea what the reference was from. Right, okay. So I thought, there's a part in the play where they introduce each of the Argonauts using rap, it was hilarious. So each of them gets up and does this little rap about who they are and what they're doing there. And Hercules got up. I forget what his was exactly, but it was so funny. <laughs> I've just got this vision now of Hercules, you know. Hey, yo, yo, yo man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was like, I am That would definitely appeal to my sense of humour anyway. <laughs> you would have loved this play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought, oh, I'll do him. And I won't, technically it shouldn't work with the hobbies and Phineas at all, but hey. Uh, so 
then I saw I, I want to do Hercules more as he tends to appear in the more original mythology rather mm-hmm. than this sort of idealized uh, idea that people have of him now. He, he really he wasn't that more impressive of a bloke. I mean. He really is irritating, to be honest. <laughs> irritating, <laughs> and he's a womanizer, and there, there are no redeeming qualities there at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed Wesley doesn't <laughs> like him particularly. <laughs> and by the time the episode's finished, um, Westbrook and Atherton are both having a pop at him as well. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to bring that out, where you don't have this perfect hero showing up, where it's Hercules. But I yeah. wanted to bring out that feeling that I always got from the older mythology of Hercules, which is basically, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hope I'm not offending anyone that adores Hercules, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I thought it was just, it was a really unique sort of twist on the Hercules character, I thought. And um, certainly from a production point of view as well. Um, it's funny that you should mention the harpies being sort of up in the air most of the time. Um, when I was mixing this down, I kind of had this vision of the the harpies almost sort of swooping in and were mm-hmm. pretty close, if not on ground level. No. Um, otherwise, they couldn't possibly interact with the characters, you know. Um, so the kind of, when you hear the harpies within there, Within the episode, you're hearing them actually swooping in and then swooping back out again. You yeah, know. they do a lot of swooping. Yeah. Swe- for example, in the earlier part, they sweep in and they literally pick them up and fly up and then drop them. That's why Westbrook is That's right, yeah, it drops them into a beck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. a pond or a, a canal or something, isn't it? But it's a, it's a fountain. I don't know if you've been... Oh, you haven't been in the garden, but... There's a sort of fountain there. I've not been to Oxford. <laughs> 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 so, no, basically. <clears throat> Hoping to address that at all soon. Yeah, better come down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd really like to come down and um, you know come down to Oxford and actually have a look at some of the locations. Because, um, I mean, <clears throat> you know, modelling's kind of been quite a big part of my life now, like for the last year or so. And it's it'd just be nice just to go and see some of the actual locations close up. I mean, I'd be mm-hmm. there like a proper tourist with my digital camera snapping <laughs> <and> photographs <laughs> um, So, yeah. You'd be I'm, the I'm, one that Atherton would be annoyed by. Oh, another tourist. Well, that'd be worse, <laughs> probably. That'd be worse. <laughs> probably. Probably until such a point as I bought him a Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> I think all but, of Oh no no, Worsley doesn't drink. No, Atherton. Atherton does, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. You, you said Atherton ori- originally, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Think, and then I thought, well, I think Worsley would be more. I'd get him a water. <laughs> <laughs> small water. <laughs> yeah, small, small water. Yeah, that's right. Or an apple. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that, I, I've got to say that that whole scene with Worsley eating the apple. That was one of the funniest moments for me to, to sort of produce within modelling. I just, I literally, I was cracking up. Literally every second line, I was belly laughing, and you know, I could, <laughs> I'm trying to tag the lines into sonar, you know, so that I'm actually trying to get a conversation going, and I can't because <laughs> I'm just falling about. 
Especially when he eats the whole of the apple. You yeah, know, he, he does. The insides and everything. But I do that. So I, I infuse that into Worsley. Right. Wow. <laughs> I've I've had similar conversations with so people I'm with as I do it. <laughs> no, although people have told me that. <laughs> Just making reference to the actual episode there. That was a Westbrook yeah. line, wasn't it? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, he turns around and said, Aren't you worried that a tree will grow up inside you? What do you mean you think so? You wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in your defence, I suppose it was quite a while back. Like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I was about 12. Twelve when you wrote this episode of Maudlin. No, 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 twelve when that happened to me. Oh, and right. I, I just pulled the memory out and put it in because I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh no. Um, well, I must admit, I'm, I mean, I, I had some real, real laughs with this particular um, episode. Uh, quite honestly, I think it was um, one of the most entertaining episodes we've done on Maudlin. Yeah. Far. It certainly wasn't the biggest in terms of a production point of view. Um, in fact, it, it came together really quickly. Um, I think it only took mm-hmm. me um, just over a week um, to do the entire episode. Uh, well, you voiced all of the harpies. <clears throat> so how did you do that? I mean, I didn't recognise you until you did that thing at the credits without telling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, where I stopped the tape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was just a bit of a laugh. Um, <laughs> I, I absolutely couldn't resist doing that at the end. Um, right, but I mean, how, how did you voice them? I mean, they don't sound anything like you. I mean, at least to be, I don't know. Um, well, I just basically, I started, I just basically started, I, I pictured them as these sort of almost winged demon type characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just started to just do these noises with my mouth. <clears throat> literally they actually came all these noises that are in there actually came from me verbally um and then I, I sort of ran a few of them through various filters and stuff and one of the reasons why you may not um recognize my voice from that is they actually ran some of those sounds backwards mm. as well so um so they're actually running backwards they're in reverse and um, I've altered the pitch on them and all sorts and added choruses on and stuff as well to really beef them up um, and, and turn them into something that sounds like a harpy rather than just um, <laughs> some long-haired northern scruffback. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, uh, there's quite a bit of effects processing on the actual, on the actual voices themselves. Um, but yeah, hysterically good fun. I mean, I was sat in the sat in my studio at the time recording those, and I must have did about I must I must have I think I recorded about forty sort of miscellaneous um, <laughs> sort of happy noises, and <laughs> I've got my my dogs going mental downstairs. <laughs> my wife's wondering what the hell is going on. <laughs> Because all she can hear coming from the studio is these weird sort, of, weird sort of screeching noises, you know that. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's just what the hell, you know? <laughs> it's almost like a TARDIS doors flung open and all these amazing sort of <laughs> yeah. know, creatures and such like came out, which 
in, in Wardlin's case, is the rift, isn't it? You know, but I mean, it was such a bizarre, a bizarre thing to do, because um, obviously, as you, as you recall, I did the the dragons as well. Um, in the first episode, that was my voice. Yeah. And I did pretty much the yeah. same thing with those. And um, there's, I think, uh, the very last episode of Conan, Queen of the Black Coast. I actually play the the main villain as well as Conan. Really? Yeah, and that was a winged demon as well. Um, mm. So I played him. You get to kill yourself? Um. Well, you just have to listen and wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't give spoilers away. Bill would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, you know the score. <laughs> 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 I mean, I wouldn't give away Maudlin spoilers. You know, that, that wouldn't be right. Um, I mean, for pretty much the same reason, actually, as as um, as with Conan, which is that... So when I'm producing modelling, like I said in the past, is uh, when I get a script from yourself, I'll, I'll give it a quick read over and, and kind of just suss out, you know, various little bits. And so it's only so that I can do a little bit of forward planning in advance of producing the episode, a couple of episodes ahead, in fact. Um, but I tend to not really study the scripts in depth until I actually go to produce. And then... I, I do them sort of in a serial fashion, so I, I literally produce them. I produce each episode in the exact order that it appears in the script, hmm. and I don't. I only study one scene at a time as well, so I have no idea what's coming in the next scene afterwards. And then it, it kind of. I don't know why, but for some reason, that little surprise element that I keep in there for myself. I, um, sort of adds something to each scene I don't know what but it just seems to add something extra to the scene because I, I, I honestly believe that my surprise um, actually comes across in each scene um, in, in each episode you know production wise um, certainly I think in the, the apple eating sequence you know, <laughs> the Worsley apple eating sequence I was putting that together and I was just falling about laughing and I'm I'm pretty sure that that actually, for some unknown reason, I don't know why, but I'm sure that came across when I put that into the, uh, when I actually produced yeah, that particular yeah. thing. It's it's an odd thing, but honestly, I do believe that it does work. <laughs> and I'm not going to change because it, because <laughs> it seems to be working for us, you know. Yeah, and it does. I, I I can't explain it. It just it's just the way that it is. Basically, it's a really peculiar, odd situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I have, well, a lot of people have written or something like that about the Sophie and Worsley. Right. So, in this particular episode, it's starting to come out because you can definitely tell Worsley really dislikes Hercules for no apparent reason straight oh, away. Oh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some tension in the air there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm thinking about uh, explaining a little bit about why there is that tension there. Mm. But that could be interesting. Uh, so there's a yeah. scene that I just wrote into series two, and I won't be telling it to you exactly, but basically what Atherton is doing, he's telling Westbrook why nothing can ever happen between Worsley and Sophie. So, wow. 
He basically goes, To paraphrase Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice, her condition in life is decidedly below his own. Worsley's family would never wear it, not to mention his own sense of honour. It is the trouble with being the cousin of a duchess. Nothing could possibly happen with Miss Roberts without causing a rather sizable scandal. Worsley cares too much about himself and possibly her to allow that to happen. Ah, and of course, that's still leaving things open. Because at this moment in time... <laughs> I, I, no, it is, because at this moment in time, you've... You kind of... You still... Uh, you, you still haven't decided whether Worsley would take heed of any of that or not, or whether he'd rebel against it. But so far it. he is. So far he is. Ah, yeah, but... <laughs> he's he, he's in complete denial at this point in the stage. Right. He won't even admit to himself. Okay. Got it Later on that changes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'd still quite like to see other things happen there. Uh, maybe the characters develop in in that way. I'm seeing it just to be crazy or mad, rather. Possibly 50 years from now, when things have been a little more relaxed between the upper class. Right. Perhaps when they're in their 60s, Sophie and Worsley will get together. <laughs> 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 Go down the aisle together with the Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, okay, point taken. But you never know. But you, you never, never know. know, that's right. I mean, who knows? This is, this is after all, modelling. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I do like the dynamic that's going on between them so far with that whole tension. It's... <laughs> Yeah, I must admit, I do like that as well. I think it's it's an interesting character point, put it that way. And um, I find it interesting in terms of the story arcs as well and the way that it helps to carry some of the story arcs across too. If you go back and re-listen to episode one, you'll mm -hmm. see that there's just sort of mildly flirting a bit. It's just like, a, it's a sort of, I don't know, like sort of thing. And yeah, and... And as it goes on, if you go back and re-listen to the episode, hopefully you can see that it's starting to get more, less of a, a offhand little flirtation and more of a, something's going on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, um, I think we're knocking on about 40 minutes, so yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe it's perhaps about time we kind of wound mm -hmm. this up until it's, uh, until we... Until we meet again, live no. by Pink Teapot. <laughs> yeah, let me close. I found a quote that I happen to have open on a paper I was writing when you phoned up, which is, <clears throat> Clamour shall clean put out the voice of wisdom, the printing presses with their clapping wings, fouling your nourishment, harpy wings, filling your minds all day with foolish things, who came the eagle, Thought till she sings perish like in her cage to please dark kings. Wow. <laughs> it had harpies in it. <laughs> it had harpies in it, you're right, yeah. But it didn't have anybody going, ah! <laughs> so, 
up in the background. <laughs> you don't want to say it to that, do you? <laughs> anyway, uh, until next time, yeah? Cheers. Okay, bye now.